0: a uh, good morning welcome to worship together uh, if you're online at home i'm so glad you're joining us there and if you're here spread out among uh, the shade it's going to be a beautiful day here together also outside let me pray as we begin our time together and then we have we have our music team that's going to lead us and in, in a first song to orient our hearts together let's pray and father god thank you once again for the the blessing of being together your your vision for your church is a community of faith a family of faith and it's important for us to come together it's important for us to see each other in our faith and also in the challenges and the joys you call us to rejoice with those who rejoice and also to mourn with those who mourn and we gather here as people who are doing both And so in in the complexity of life, with all of its ups and its downs, we are here to say, nevertheless, you are good. That your love endures forever. That your decision to be for us is our foundation in spite of whatever might be happening. Lord, we give you thanks for this past week in all the ways that we have uh, we have received goodness and things that we recognized as good. We give you thanks for, for family and for friends and the joy of being with them and talking with them, of seeing one another grow up in maturity. We give you thanks for all the blessings of, of sustenance that you have given us and, and the ways of, of our, our homes and our food, these things that too often we may take for granted, but yet it is your hand providing for us. And also Lord we give you thanks for all those things that we didn't see in this past week for all those small ways in which you were you were lifting us up even though we did not notice all those ways in which your hand has been there giving us what we need in just that right moment we often have felt spread so thin in these last months and yet we We are here today with faith knowing that it has been your hand that has kept us moving and kept us going lord for for our time together my ask my my hope is that your presence would be here in a way that that we can't always explain but yet we can we can feel notice as this gravitational pull as this weightiness as your glory moves Lord, help us to encounter you today, not in the feelings of a song, but yes, in doing it together, in these words, and yes, in that context of community. Lord, we want to know you through your word today, not because of some eloquent way that it is described, but because yes, you, the Holy Spirit, are using it for, for our understanding. Lord, we gather here today not so that our voices would be heard in a way that brings us glory but so that our voices in the meditations of our hearts and our worship together would be heard as a way to give you glory as a way for our witness to one another and also to those around us that desperately need to grab a hold of that hope that you offer so use this time lord use our worship to be a witness to who you are and who you have called us to be and it is in your name god father son and holy spirit that we pray amen let us lift our voices together and worship the living god
1: walking
0: God for saving me. Let me give you a few things that are coming up in the life of our community of faith. Uh, First in two weeks, we've already put this out on all the social platforms. We'll send also a little newsletter out today with all of this. I'm about to tell you, but in two weeks, uh, our church is co-sponsoring an event called seeking Shalom. Seeking Shalom. It's an event for our presbytery. What's our presbytery called? Anybody know? (laughs) Mission Presbytery. Yeah, so it starts actually you're the very bottom end (laughs) of Mission Presbytery and it goes about now three four hours north from here. But all the churches in our Presbytery, Mission Presbytery, uh, are coming together um, in two weeks and on Saturday We're going to be gathering, if you would like to, in person, on the campus of Orchard Community that's out in Ventura. But also, we're going to be doing this online on Zoom. So you can engage it there as well. And the purpose of this event is to take seriously and honestly the call of Christ upon us, the call of reconciliation, in the fractured world that we're living in. I'm noticing, Rose, that, that beautiful bouquet from Donna's wedding is right in line. I'm seeing you trying to torque your neck. David could could you maybe move the flower someone just so that they don't yeah aren't, I don't want them to have a neck ache by the time they're done <laughs> so seeking Shalom is going to be an event in two weeks I encourage please um, consider coming in person or engaging this on zoom uh, it's a way for us like I said to be taking seriously some next steps or the complexity of how Christ calls us to to be seeking Shalom be seeking peace in, in this fractured world, it's obviously a time that's very divisive. so we're trying to be as honest as we can but also honest with the challenges before us as we seek to be that that witness to peace in a world that's so that's that's so um divided historically also uh, next Sunday we're going to be celebrating the resurrection we couldn't do that in twenty twenty um Back, back in April, we were still completely shuttered. Uh, but next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating the resurrection, doing some things we typically do on Easter. For instance, we will be bringing out our cross, and I encourage anyone that still has some flowers left in that garden of yours to bring them. We're going to decorate our cross, and we'll set it right out here, and we'll, we'll do some of those songs we typically do for, for resurrection Sunday. And if you have been following with us in the Backyard Pilgrim, you'll notice that that has been a journey to the cross. Um, next, the, the very end of, of the readings in the Backyard Pilgrim are asking you to go to worship on Easter morning, on Resurrection morning. So if you've been following along with us and keeping up with the Backyard Pilgrim, then you are going to already be prepared to be gathering here after these uh, 42 days of journeying through Scripture, Genesis, to the Resurrection. Uh, One big announcement, you've already heard me allude to it, but those flowers are from a very important event we had yesterday. What was that? A wedding! Uh, Yeah, Donna and Jim were married yesterday. It was very exciting. (gasps) Donna was saying that she so wished that she could have had everybody to be there and be a part of her wedding. Um, and I told her, of course, we know that you would have wished that. And I told her that we would pray for them today. Because usually when you gather, part of that is the blessing of being able to pray for pray for that couple as, as you are the witnesses there of them taking their, their vows. So let's pray right now for Donna and for Jim as they begin this new chapter as the newlyweds. Lord, we give the marriage that you that you have authored, that you have created. We give them over to you. And Lord, we ask that you would continue to, to mature their love for one another in a way that brings you glory as, as they have vowed to be for one another, that they have chosen to be for one another in love as you have shown us, a love that goes beyond even sometimes the desires, but it's a love that is willing to be there in sickness and in health, in good or in bad so though we pray a blessing over those over those two um, newlyweds thanking you for their lives and now um, having come together as one we ask all of us in the name of Jesus amen amen and one last announcement for you up here during the week uh, Urban Promise Los Angeles has been opening up for for kids They start at 8 o'clock in the morning and they run all the way through the afternoon and they're opening up and are creating a space for these these children to be doing their online zoom classes in a place where there's wi-fi that's reliable and there are volunteers that are helping them making sure they're moving forward there are so many kids right now in our area and their parents have to go and work and so the kids are home and they're supposed to be online doing everything through zoom and and, ex- and all all their classes but since they don't have that supervision they're they're falling even further behind and so what urban promise los angeles is doing is opening up this space where children come either in the morning or the afternoon and and there's adults here that are helping them to continue moving forward in their academics And uh, Deontay reached out to me last week saying if anyone in the river community would be willing to come uh, sometime during the week uh, and, and be here so that the kids have that adult supervision. They're doing everything that you need to do these days with keeping people safe. They have the temperatures, they have the masks, it's all socially distanced. They do some things outside and there's very few kids in the classrooms at the same time together. And what you would do is is you would be there just making sure they're not basically messing around, making sure they're on task. Because as you can imagine, jumping on a computer and trying to engage it for a couple hours is hard for adults, let alone a child. So if you are in a position to be able to come volunteer a few hours a week with with these children, uh, Deontay would love to have you. So you can either reach out to me, reach out to him, and we'll get you connected. All right, we're going to jump now into our scripture for today. Um, We've been in this series, the Backyard Pilgrim now, for five weeks. And it's been, it's been this beautiful tour, this, this tour through God's heart in creating us, creating you. I'll make this personal. God's heart in creating you, God's plans for you as, as his creation. We saw that God, the Father, put you into this creation, into this earth to enjoy it. To cultivate it he gave you freedom to do this a freedom that ultimately he hoped that you would turn back with love for all things including God and yet the story of humanity is how we use that freedom sometimes for that but too often we use our freedom for our own selfish ambitions and what happens when we do that when I turn inward when I stop trusting in God's goodness, we begin to cause damage in our own lives and in the lives of others and in this world. And that's the story the Bible tells is how we were given this freedom and how through that freedom, things have not gone well in this world. But, but God knew what was gonna happen all along God knew that we would need to have someone that would come to save us and redeem us. And so this eternal plan of God from creation was that you would have you would have hope in the one called Jesus. This this fully man and fully God born into the Holy Land born in Bethlehem 2000 years ago. And that this Jesus would be able to live the life that we were supposed to live. Jesus, as 100% human, came back as like human (laughs) 2.0. Came back as now the way in which we were designed to live out our entire lives, but do so perfectly for a second purpose. He lived his life not just as an example for you. In fact, I would call that even secondary. What we're going to jump into now is seeing the primary purpose for God's plan since the beginning to have Jesus in this world. He's called the son of God, son of man, 100% man, 100% God come to live it the right way, but for a particular purpose. And let's read this now together. I'm in Matthew 26 and Matthew 26. And we enter this week as if it were holy week typically when a church is getting close to Easter, there'll be a Holy Week in which we remember the events that Jesus went through, the, the all, all the different moments the disciples wrote down of, of what Jesus did in that past week, and it includes going into the Last Supper, and it includes Gethsemane, and it includes the cross, and then next Sunday, the resurrection. We don't get to have a Holy Week, but we do today have a Holy Sermon, and we're going to begin here in Gethsemane. Gethsemane is the name of A garden it literally means like olive press and if you go there right now today you can go and there are olive trees uh, olive groves still right in this same same place 2,000 years later you can go and you can walk exactly where we're about to read Jesus was in this moment Matthew 26 and let me begin in verse 36 Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Lord God, we ask now that you would give us by the power again of your spirit, by the influence of your spirit, that mysterious, invisible presence in our life, that you would give us now this ability to understand and that also the words would enter into a conversation with our own hearts and minds. Lord, we ask that you would give us humility before you as our God. Lord, I ask also that now you would use the preparations I have made, that you would use my thoughts now to help us wrestle well with your word. In your name, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we enter into Holy Week. Jesus has now walked the earth doing his ministry for three years. We focused on his baptism, and now we fast forward three years after his life. And and yes, it was filled with an amazing example of what it means to be loving sacrificially in this world and what it means to be healing this world. He he showed us how you and how I, how we can thrive as humans in this world, in our jobs, uh, in our families, in all the different ways in which we live our lives. And Jesus came to show us how we could do that in a way that brings life instead of death and destruction or, or brokenness. Peter and the rest of the disciples were excited with where they saw this life of Jesus headed they had come to understand that he was the messiah this important figure in in our tradition this just jewish christian tradition this one who would be, who would come and and would be like the superhero of israel who would come as this conquering this conquering figure to restore the glory and restore israel as the centerpiece of all things and they understood that Jesus was taking this path. They saw the power that he wielded just with the words that he would say as he calmed storms, as he was able to to feed thousands of people from just a few loaves of bread and fish. His ability to heal or even call people back to life as he did with Lazarus. They saw him walking on water. Can we begin to imagine the type Of person the disciples began to understand Jesus was and they were excited that they were now headed to Jerusalem this moment is what they had been waiting for they knew that time was coming they knew the time was coming in which Jesus would now go into Jerusalem and he would with the power of God he would with his power with his hands maybe even with the sword he would now eradicate his, his oppressors, those who were not allowing Israel to thrive. He saw, they all saw this as the moment in which they were going to, once again, invade and take what was rightly theirs. It says they came into this garden. And two times, Jesus asks them to stay awake Jesus asks them to be woke, <laughs> but twice Jesus comes back. And how does he find them sleeping? as, I, as I'm here today? As you're hearing me or as you're hearing me online, I think it's important. It's important to not um, dress this up in some sort of a moral a moral code or moral call now to say, Hey, make sure you're awake because the simple reality is that we sleep. These disciples had walked with Jesus for three years. These guys were lit up for Christ. (laughs) They were, as we say in Christian circles, they were on fire for Christ. I'm guessing they, they had They had some pretty decent theology in hand, given how they had been with this teacher, Jesus himself, for three years. There were some things they were still figuring out, but they had passion. John even describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. They understood, they understood this Jesus, just like many of us hope that we do well now. And so I resist the temptation today. I resist the temptation today to to look at you and say, are you awake? Instead, I begin by saying, we're asleep. And while we're sleeping, while we're not recognizing what God is doing, what is God doing? That's the question in this whole pilgrimage. Where is God? Where is God? Okay, we're sleeping. We're sleeping in the garden of Gethsemane. Because as humans, and yet what is Jesus doing? Jesus, your God in human form, Jesus, God's great plan for saving all things, is literally on his hands and knees praying in such way that it says he had, his sweat were like drops of blood, that he was in great agony. In fact, he understands what's happening. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he says, stay here and keep watch with me. And we sleep. My friends, first and foremost, the cross of Jesus is not something we emulate. The cross of Jesus is not something that we try and pick up first and foremost, the cross is something we see Jesus carry by us in a way that we could never do. What is this cup that Jesus is talking about? He says, if it is possible, if there's some other way than me drinking of this cup, let's do that. Jesus says, because what is in that cup? There's this beautiful image, tragic image that we see in scripture of this cup of God's wrath. Yes, the word wrath. You see in Jeremiah in the 25th verse that God gave Jeremiah this imagery of this cup of wrath. And he was to take this cup of this bitter wine and bring it to all the rulers of the earth that were against him, against God. And this cup represented that God would be ending the dominion of their darkness, that God would be bringing justice. You could think of it as the cup of God's wrath or even the cup of God's justice, but it required for justice to happen. It required evil to be thrown out. God had a plan. That cup of God's wrath would be brought and it would ne- they would be forced to drink it. This is the cup that we brought upon ourselves Paul reminds us in Romans that we all have sinned and we all fall short of God's glory and that the wages of our sin is what? Death. We're asleep. We don't realize this. And we're really good. Have you guys seen that Netflix documentary about social media? Ooh! My point is that we are so good at distracting ourselves and keeping ourselves asleep. (laughs) We do not see what God is doing. Where is God? He is on his hands and knees with this cup of God's wrath. And the reason he doesn't want to drink it is obvious. He's about to have to be crucified if he drinks this cup. But Jesus understands why he is on earth. Mateo and Mateo. Sorry, I'm thinking in Spanish already for the next sermon. A little earlier in Matthew, Jesus will say that he has come in order to be a ransom for humanity, to be a ransom. In Leviticus, this is one of the books of the Jewish scriptures, our scriptures and Christian scriptures, and would talk about the rules, and, and it's very fascinating because one of the things that you could do is, let's say that your brother or sister would got in a really difficult economic time. Let's say that it was so bad that back then what you could do is you could sell yourself as a slave to somebody and try and keep living. If if your life got that bad, a brother or a sister of yours could come. This is Leviticus 17, you can read this. A brother or sister could come, or 25, sorry. A brother or sister could come and they could actually buy you back. The brothers or your sisters have the right to go and and to buy you back out of slavery. Jesus came as your brother, fulfilling this code to buy you back, to pay off your ransom to death to pay off the ransom that we brought upon ourselves as we all did in Adam and Eve's way of not walking in the ways of Christ, of sin. The wages of with are, which are death. But also in Leviticus, and this is chapter 17, I think the in verse 11, you can read how, for, let's just read it, for the sins of our life need to include the blood of a sacrifice. Here we go. For the life of a creature is in the blood and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. We're asleep. This is not how we think. This type of logic is not the world in which we live. We are asleep to what God is doing. And today I'm not calling you to wake up. I'm just saying clearly we're asleep. While we're asleep to the reality that we were slaves to sin and that our wages were death. While we're asleep to the fact that we can't save ourselves. Here comes Jesus in the garden. And what does Jesus do? He takes the cup and he drinks it down to the dregs and he goes to the cross. And as our brother, he pays off your ransom. And with his own blood, he atones for all of your sin to the point that now you stand before God without sin. And you stand before God as a brother of Jesus. And you stand before God now with eternal life. And all that has happened while you've been asleep that is why in our church for instance you see that we will baptize an infant because all of this has happened while we have been asleep it's not something that we chose for ourselves next Sunday we will go to the table and we are putting ourselves right back into the story that's when we are called to wake up as we take the bread and we take the cup and we proclaim the good news of the sacrifice of Christ so that you right now would no longer be a slave to death but you would have life and that now right now you would no longer have the guilt of sin but rather by the blood of Christ by the blood of Christ you now have eternal life brothers and sisters we are asleep today is not a call to wake up I think today is simply a call to worship. I think in Holy Week, the only thing that you can really do is worship and be and be in awe. As you stand on the sides of the streets of Jerusalem, watching this man carry a cross that had your name on it, and to die on it for you. The call this week is just to worship just to recognize what God is doing even while we sleep. Father God, we ask that you would would give us this week, you would give us this week as a gift as we look at your scriptures and in our pilgrimage, as we move towards the resurrection, that this week you would give us the gift of simply seeing you take the cup Take that cup of God's wrath and drink it for us. Give us the gift this week of seeing you carry that cross by us and giving us that that freedom that we are no longer bound to that death. Lord, we, we worship you today. As we sleep, you are saving us. As we sleep, you are the savior. And I'm so grateful, Lord, that it did not depend on my, my impossible ability to save myself, but rather you came. You came and you saved me. That you, you paid the ransom with your life. That with your spilt blood, you now cover me. That I am now sinless before God, the father taught you are good. Jesus, we worship you now. Amen.